Make no mistake, the Chicago Bears present a real threat to the Minnesota Vikings, with or without Justin Jefferson. So how do we approach that threat? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like it? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Luke Braun, and you can, of course, find this show anywhere you find Find fine podcasts. You can also find the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. And of course, you can find the show on the Sirius XM app. And you can also find live broadcasts of Vikings, Bears, and all Vikings games on Sirius XM. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. And we will be doing a little bit of prize picks later because it's Friday. That means we are doing our prize picks from Prize Picks. Also, your boldest, most unhinged and deranged predictions. Absolutely love it. But first, a little bit of actual real talk about the, the Bears game to preview it. Um, thinking a lot about this one, it's been hard to get past the, okay, this is the, the, the game where we find out what they do without Justin Jefferson, right? We've spoken about that quite a bit and how they'll probably use Addison and they'll probably, um, use Hawkinson more and all that. And that, that's the, the usage stuff, which if you're just here for the fantasy take, there's the fantasy take Addison and Hawkinson will probably get a lot more usage. KJ Osborne, probably not so much. I I would not make that waiver claim. (laughs) Uh, if that's the question you're here to get answered. So there you go. Um, but I think one of the challenges the Vikings will be presented with is getting free releases for Jordan Addison. I think he's getting better against press, but it's still a weakness of his game, physical coverage. Um, and I'll just keep that vague, physical coverage, because like catch technique is also something that DBs will do, where they stand flat-footed and um, essentially just make themselves a big presence that you have to run through and try to knock you off your rhythm that way, and Jordan Addison gets knocked off his rhythm that way a lot. So there's still that, and a free release doesn't help that, but against, like, press, right? Put him in a bunch, put him in a stack, get him in motion at the snap, put him in the slot where, uh, you know, at least then he'll have, like, a two-way release, um, and, and, and the DB won't have the sideline to work with. All of those things, you know, all the stuff that the Vikings did for Justin Jefferson where they could possibly get him on a linebacker or get him on a dropping defensive lineman because it's a a weird fire zone thing. Um, All of those tools should be there for the Vikings, but I don't want to belabor that too much because there's more than just the Vikings skill player core to talk about in this game. There's Justin Fields. There's a secondary uh, that's been playing really well. There's a uh, an offensive defensive line matchup that the Vikings are actually, like, actually favors the Vikings for one. So let's dive into some of those things. And I think the first thing that is worth discussing here is with Fields, Justin Fields. I've been fascinated with Fields all year. I've paid a lot of attention to Fields, more attention than, than you know, other quarterbacks around the league, and that's not just for division rival reasons, although, of course, it's part of it, but it's, he's just an interesting case here because I loved him coming out of the draft, and he's absolutely the kind of potential laden prospect that gets everybody excited around that time of year all the time. There's always one or maybe even two of them that get people stoked. 
and such an interesting case study about what happens when that development that he, that we all kind of take for granted, hey, you know, once he learns blah, 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 he'll be so good, gets taken for granted and not nourished. Um, that's what has led Fields to be the guy that he is. And he hasn't improved accuracy-wise as much as I think um, Ryan Pace when he drafted him and Ryan Poles when he took that Bears job partially because of Justin Fields expected. Um, and he, he hasn't become that quarterback. So the quarterback that we're dealing with here, I was looking at some blitz stats uh, because, you know, how much is Brian Flores going to blitz was an interesting question. One of the things that I found was um, – when you look at a dot against the blitz, just whose game shortens up a lot against the blitz. And one of the guys whose game shortens up the least was actually Baker Mayfield. And I remember being kind of surprised about that Tampa game, how little they blitzed. And that might be why saying, Hey, if, if we can't force him to check down, if he's still going to be willing to throw deep, um, I'm a little scared of that. And I'm not going to, you know, but maybe we'll back off and we'll cover more. And that might be why that was the game plan. Um, against fields, his depth of target doesn't change at all. And it's not particularly deep to begin with. It's 8.8, .8, uh, which from an average depth of target standpoint is middle, uh, but it doesn't actually change at all versus the blitz versus not, right? So he's still willing to throw deep. The question is, do we trust him to make all of those? Or, or you know, do we fear that he will make all of those deep throws? And the tape this year has shown no, he will not make all of those. And I think that maybe we could bet against that. So it might be a game where we do blitz him and we do kind of expect that he's going to get some launches off against single coverage. And we're just going to hope that he misses too many of them. Uh, and, and that might be like the, the game plan. Hey, if you can, if you, Justin Fields, can actually take a muddy pocket, deliver an accurate long ball deep down the field, and then like Darnell Mooney can get open, then more power to you, Bears, you did it. And I think if the Vikings lose this game, it looks like that. Um, it looks like suddenly Justin Fields has a deep ball, right? And he, and he hits all those. Um, but what happens more, Justin Fields gets sacked a quarter of the time when he's blitzed. 25% of the time when he is blitzed, he gets sacked. Um, that's a pretty obscene rate. <laughs> it's not the worst pressure to sack ratio in the league. There are some that are crazy bad. The uh, Daniel Jones, whatever's going on there in New York is um, special, <laughs> but to me, this is all evidence that that is going to be the strategy here. So if I were going to try to make a prediction, I would say the blitz percentage is going to be very high. Um, I, I think the Vikings send the world at fields, try to disrupt him and try to take advantage of how slow and plotting that offense has been that this offense shares characteristics with Carolina's in a really bad way. Um, and I think the Vikings can kind of exploit that the same way they exploited the slow plotting clunky nature of Carolina. And I think that's the best Avenue to a win against fields, send the house and say, if you can beat this, you can, you get it, you did it, but we don't really think you can. And that's the bet that you're kind of making. Um, and if, Hey, they get a win and punish it more power to them. The other thing, the huge thing here, tackle DJ Moore. DJ Moore as an outlet might be the most dangerous thing that the bears have. Um, as a, I mean, as an actual in rhythm wide receiver, he's actually a viable wide receiver one, right? Which helps to kind of, uh, get an offense online, but 
under pressure, dumping it off or under pressure, finding him over the middle of the field and then letting him do things after the catch is how the Bears have gotten some of their most insane explosive plays. And explosiveness is how teams get in it, right? So you have to be able to defeat him when he tries to elude your tackle. There's not some crazy schematic thing to unlocking the secret of DJ. You just got to tackle him. You can't, you just can't get juked by that guy. Um, on the other side of the ball, I, I already talked a little bit about getting Addison free releases. I think that's going to be kind of a key to the game. Here's the thing. The Bears defensive line has been one of the worst in the league at generating pressure. It has been in some respects worse and in some respects better than Minnesota's. Um, and and you're probably very frustrated with our pass rush. And I think Chicago feels about the same way. Last two games, the Vikings O-line is kind of cooked. This could be a third one. This could be a time where we're going to this game going, hmm, our offensive line is actually our strength in this one, and their defensive line is the weakness. And we actually have the advantage. <laughs> I mean, when's the last time we could go into a game saying that? Um, so without uh, Jefferson, and if they take away Addison, and if they get lots of blitzes or whatever, if Kirk Cousins just isn't having a good day or whatever, this might be a game where it behooves the Vikings to run the rock. Just say, let's just line up and push you and, and, and just try to get, you know, five, six off the bat with with zone and duo um, or, or, you know, lead zone stuff. That might be a, a valid strategy, especially if the Vikings can get a lead. Um, but I think ultimately this game comes down to what Justin Fields does against the Vikings blitzes. I think that is that is the thing that is the most dis- X factor of a of a of a dynamic here if Justin Fields can beat the blitzes they will win this game and if he falls apart and makes a whole bunch of mistakes the Vikings will win this game I I really think it hinges on that um but that is too vague a prediction let's actually do some prize picks plays and also your bold predictions are coming up Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. In particular, their Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Look, we live in a world where it might not always be easy to get your hands on those kinds of medications, either because of supply chain issues or just straight up logistically it being hard to get to a pharmacy if there's flooding or storms or something else going on that makes it hard to get around. We kind of live in a world where that stuff happens a lot. So don't get caught unprepared. Everybody should be able to take care of themselves and be prepared and have the supplies necessary to deal with an emergency, no matter the circumstances, right? You rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So go to jacemedical.com. And you can get $20 off of these life-saving antibiotics today. Pretty easy. Just go online, fill out a form, and then you can get a prescription. You might have to talk to a board-certified physician for a little bit, and then that's that life-saving medications right to your door. Once again, that's jacemedical.com, and you can get $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Moving on with this Friday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, it is time to talk about my prize picks, prize picks, all four coming from the Vikings Bears game this week. And as you know, we'll talk more about prize picks and how it works, but 
These are all more than less than games with prize picks setting the amount. And all you got to do is pick a few of your players, put it all together in a big old box. And uh, if you get them all right, you win. And you can even do a flex play where you can afford to get one wrong. Um, so I did a flex play. I've sort of learned my lesson where I've gotten, I've gotten three out of four too many times. I've learned my lesson. Uh, but I actually have a couple on defense here because of this idea of, I think fields getting a lot of sacks and possibly being able to shorten their game up a little bit. The bears are going to come into this one ready to have outlets and hots. They're going to come in knowing they're getting blitzed, right? So they're going to have Khalil Herbert or Cole Komet or whoever out in the flat ready to take a couple of checkdowns. And when that happens, the guy that has been coming up to make the tackle every single week has been Cam Bynum. And it's time for me to start jumping onto this Cam Bynum train in a more uh, tangible sense. Here's the deal. Right now, Prize Picks has a box that you can get that is six and a half tackles plus assisted tackles, right? Um, he has hit that mark in all but one game this year. A huge swath of those have come in that exact situation. A whole bunch of people blitz, the quarterback gets rid of it, they dump it off, and the safety has to come rally and tackle, right? Bynum gets a lot of tackles that way, and I think six and a half is just too low of a number. So we'll see if I'm right. Um, also on the defensive side, I am buying into, to Marcus Davenport. I didn't get a lot of chance. We, we had some stuff to talk about, so I didn't get much of a chance to talk about how I thought the defense did versus Kansas city. But I will say very, very, very happy with Marcus Davenport. Again, this is the second game in a row that I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing from him in particular in the pass rush. Um, and in pass rush one-on-ones, he is the guy that wins enough of those one-on-ones to really make those opportunities worth doing a whole bunch of schematic crap to set up, right? Because sometimes the point of a Brian Flores blitz, while there's also sorts of stunts and you're trying to get a free rusher, sometimes things do rely on, all right, everybody's one-on-one, somebody's got to go win. And without Davenport, we like did not have that. And we've had that a lot better with Davenport these last couple of weeks. So quarter of a sack. That is where prize picks has set things. I'm going with more than. So more than a quarter of a sack, more than six and a half tackles for Cam Bynum, Mark Stavenport. Uh, uh, a double dipper on the defense. There's some alliteration for you. <laughs> on the offensive side of things, well, I guess on the Vikings defense side of things still, I've got a Justin Fields here. Um 192 and a half passing yards. I actually, I wanted to put this in to my play for sure, but I all, honestly did kind of go back and forth on, on more than or less than, but I ended up going more than just because as much as I just said, the key is, is, is tackling DJ more. Oh, also if I'm going to say keys to the game, don't fumble. That's the key to the game. The key to the Vikings is stop fumbling. I'm, I'm obligated to say it until they freaking do it. Uh, but it doesn't make for interesting content. Not much to break down about that. Stop doing it. Um, but the other one I said, tackle DJ Moore. I don't know if I really trust him. I don't know. I, I, they tackled high. A lot of guys came in last week, you know, like a bat out of hell and then missed. And it didn't matter because other hats were rallying, but that, isn't a circumstance we can necessarily rely on. I kind of feel like DJ Moore absolutely can go off in this game. Um, he's just a threat at every point that he has the ball. And if I were the Vikings, I would be going, you know, one double two, like 
and that means double number two. Everybody in cover one, two guys on number on on, on DJ Moore. Um, and I kind of felt like they should have done that with Travis Kelsey last week too, but they didn't. Uh, and and it, and it punished them, right? Kelsey got in the end zone and stuff, but and got a whole bunch of really like important plays. But they, they were doing way more fancy, complicated stuff uh, against Kansas City, and and I wonder if there isn't merit to just simplifying it and saying, look, man cover. Make everybody else beat you, right? Equinamius St. Brown or whoever the heck's on the Bears right now. Uh, don't let it be DJ Moore, but I don't know if I'm going to get that. So I'm going with more than 192.5 pass yards for Justin Fields. The only one on the Vikings offensive side of the ball that I'm putting in here is an Alexander Madison, more than 48.5 rush yards, kind of like what I talked about before. Run the rock, baby. Uh, I, I think we can really beat them up up front on that side of the ball. And I want to press that advantage. And I think running the rock with Alexander Madison can, and I think it can be a lot more productive than 50 yards. So I'm going with more than 48 and a half rush yards. So more than a quarter of a sack for Marcus Davenport. So that works if he gets one half sack and that's that, um, more than, Six and a half tackles plus assisted tackles for Cam Bynum, which also helps too. You get all the half tackles. More than 192 and a half pass yards for Justin Fields, and more than Alexander Madison, 48 and a half rush yards. That is my prize picks, prized picks. We'll also talk about bold predictions next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And if you want to join me, come up with a box of your own, you can go to prizepicks.com. As you saw, it's not just coming up with a DFS roster, it's picking a few of your favorite players, actually having some kind of tangible take on them. But then it's just you versus the house, not you versus a crazy uh, pool of a gajillion other people also trying to set their like favorite lineups or whatever. It's it's you versus the house. And you can do what I did, which is more than yet, less than on yards or tackles or sacks. And you can also just do it on fantasy points if you just want to play a more true fantasy football game. Um, you can find all sorts of stuff, not just things from the Bears Vikings game at prizepicks.com. And if you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match, uh, you can get up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. You put it, put in a hundred bucks. They will give you an additional hundred bucks just for going to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or using the code locked on NFL, all lowercase prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hey, on Sunday before the game, make sure you come to this YouTube channel, locked on Vikings YouTube channel. You can check out our locked on NFL kickoff live live show. It's on all of the locked on channels, so you can't miss it uh, with Predictions, news, analysis, all coming from the Locked On Network. We've been doing that every week, so come on down and uh, check that out. But I know why you're here. I know what you crave, you little freaks. It's bold predictions time. (laughs) Uh, It is where we talk about your craziest, boldest predictions, and uh, if you get one right, I get punished. I get probably 100 submissions for these a week, and I would love that. Please keep them coming, but understand I'm only going to pick five or six that are going to actually go in. Um, 
Last week, we had a couple that had some shots, but but uh, a more normal week in that none of these actually got very close. <laughs> ben Meyer said that Travis Kelsey was going to finish the game with 19 yards receiving, and Justin Jefferson would finish with 89 yards for a lovely Taylor Swift reference. Uh, I, I let those be over-unders instead of just exact numbers, but it didn't matter. Travis Kelsey went over, uh, and Justin Jefferson didn't even get close before he got hurt. Uh, Salad Tong said that uh, CJ Ham would be the only Viking to reach the end zone in memory of Dave Osborne in Super Bowl IV. Nope, not there. Um, King Squeaks said that the Chiefs offense would fumble the ball and on that same play, they would score a touchdown. Uh, we didn't get that kind of craziness in this particular game, although I would not be surprised to see something stupid like that happen this season because that is just how this year has gone. John said that both quarterbacks would throw a left-handed pass that goes for a first down. Um, so we didn't see this from Mahomes at all. So this did not cash. However, there was some debate uh, about the chest pass that Kirk Cousins threw. I think ultimately I don't. I would not have counted that because that was a two-handed pass, not a left-handed pass. Uh, and I'm trying to keep this. I'm not going to do the thing where was it off of his left hand last or his right hand last. That was a two-handed pass. Uh, in any sort of reasonable interpretation. So I don't think that would have counted, but an interesting little wrinkle we ran into. Nicholas Bartels said that the uh, that Justin Jefferson would outpace the Chiefs wide receivers by 45 yards or more, which would give JJ more yards on the season than the entire Chiefs wideout group had. Uh, he did not even get 45 yards <laughs> before he went out at all. So that was definitely a no. And... Uh, Cole said that the Vikings would shut out the Chiefs. Um, boy, that would have been fun. I would have much preferred that reality wherever you all can find it. That'd be good. Let's move on to the ones from this week. Another one from King Squeaks this week. He's on a roll. Who said that Nikhil Harry would lead all receivers in every stat. Uh, I once again, I think, was it also King Squeaks on another one earlier in the season? I forget. But somebody had one. No, it wasn't King Squeeze, but somebody had one with like receivers stat lines as a generality, and I included rushing. I'm including rushing again. Um, so that needs to be, I'll say receptions, yards, touchdowns, re receptions, touchdowns, receiving yards, rushing yards. Those four categories. I don't care about targets. We're not playing fantasy football here. We're talking about actual production. Um, so receptions, touchdowns, rushing yards, receiving yards. So if any wide receiver that's not Nikhil Harry takes like a jet sweep or something, that'll blow this up. Uh, but you said every stat. So I'm saying like every stat. Um, and, you, and you know what? I'm also including tackles because you said every stat. We'll go tackles from scrimmage though because uh, this is not a special teams prediction, I, I, I don't think. Draw play Dave, who I guess is just a Vikings fan now, uh, says <laughs> the game features back-to-back -back turnovers on subsequent plays, both silly fumbles. Um, I, I won't hold you to the both silly fumbles part because that's a little subjective, but back-to-back -back turnovers on subsequent plays is plenty bold and a little bit easier to enforce. So we'll go with back-to-back -back turnovers. I think with the chaos of Fields and the chaos of Kirk, this is uh, certainly still bold enough, but has a pretty good chance of, uh, of, of, of cashing as far as things that make this segment have 
Malcolm Biggles says, subverting the famous stat, DJ Moore will have more receiving yards than all of the Vikings receivers and tight ends combined. I think the famous stat you're talking about is the one that Schefter tweeted out on uh, the day it was announced that JJ was going to IR, which is that JJ's career yards like would be already a, a record for the Bears. <laughs> like he would already be the franchise leader in career receiving yards. Uh, and he's in year three, or he would be like close to it. He, he probably will will cross that this year after he comes back. If he's not there already, I, I forget. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> but I think that's the stat you're talking about, which is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, DJ Moore, more receiving yards than all Vikings receivers and tight ends combined. So it would really require something. It was the Monday night game a couple of years ago where Kirk had like 80 something passing yards in the whole game. Uh, it's going to have to be a day like that. And then DJ Moore going off on the other side is like the only path to this. Anthony Barrowman says Vikings blitz on 100% of defensive snaps. I usually wouldn't include ones that are this fantastical. You know, some people will say ah, 600 yards for, for DJ Hawkinson. Like, okay, I'm not doing that. That's not possible. That's not even, you know, possible enough to be fun. But this one, Brian Flores is enough of a lunatic. <laughs> where I do feel like there is a universe where he legit just lives in a five-man rush. And he does, like, you could argue that the base coverage for the Vikings is cover one dog, which is my word for cover one with a blitzer. Uh, So rush five, base personnel, one linebacker, two linebackers, uh, and four or five DBs, depending on what package you're in, right? Um if you're in penny or if you're in like a truer, truer base that, and then every you've got five man to man and one deep safety. Like that feels like the default stock coverage of Brian Flores. And what if we just lived in that? What if you just never rushed one, what rushed three or four the entire game, right? It's like, I don't know how crazy is it really? <laughs> so we'll, we'll put it in there. Uh, circuit city planning director says Kirk with the most rushing touchdowns. Love the energy here. You also said touchdowns, plural. So this will have a minimum of two Kirk Cousins rushing touchdowns to cash. I can't have Kirk get a rushing touchdown and have that be the only touchdown in the game. No, it has to be rushing touchdowns. You got, you need two for this, and nobody else can get two as well. And speaking of two touchdowns, Benjamin says two Johnny Munt goal line touchdowns. Absolutely love it. After I spent an entire week caping for TJ Hawkinson and at times Josh Oliver, Johnny Munt comes in and gets the two touchdowns. He has caught one touchdown in his life, I believe. I, I don't think he got any one other than the one. I think it was in the Lions game. It was featured on the Netflix documentary where he ran why whatever. <laughs> if, if you didn't watch, there's this moment where they're talking about how hard it is to like relay play calls. It's like the segments about that. And Cousins gets in the huddle and he like says the play call and it's it's why I think it's supposed to be like why leak or why seem, but he forgot the word. So he just said why whatever. But because of the rest of the play call, the why always does the same thing in that play call and the why is the tight end. Uh, so Johnny Munt knew what to do, but he was like, why whatever? <laughs> hey, it turned into a touchdown to him. So that was the only touchdown Johnny Munt got. Maybe Kirk Cousins should mess up the play call more often to get more Johnny Munt touchdowns. I'm just saying, you just you got to stick with what works, right? Definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. It's insane to keep getting the play call right. You get it wrong once, you got a touchdown. You can't argue with those efficiency stats. I'm going off the rails. 
I'll see you guys all on uh, on Monday after this game. No doubt goes off the rails. It always does. And whatever happens, we'll be here to pick up the pieces together. All right. So let's uh, have a good weekend. And I'll see you all then. You can also catch the postcast. You can catch the uh, live show. Uh, they the NFL kickoff live show. You can also uh, catch the on YouTube. You can catch the 24 seven locked on Minnesota sports live stream where you can get Vikings, Wolves, Wild Twins, all of that stuff looping constantly. Just put it on in the background. See you guys all tomorrow or on Monday. And as always, skull.